Hello and welcome to Plant CEO. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to Jessica Harris, Chief Bandit and founder of Little Bandits. Hi, Jessica. Welcome. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. It's the first time I've done one of these interviews, so um, a little bit nervous. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. It's fine. It's uh, it's great to to interview you before you're you're launching your new brand, actually, uh, Little Bandit. So. Uh, congrats, base, basically, on, on that brand. I think um, looking at the website and uh, the colours uh, in terms of how vibrant that is, the images you're, you're using, um, can you tell me a little bit about the background of actually creating uh, the Little Bandits brand? Sure, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I've had so many ideas over the years of starting my own business, um, but this is the first one that I kind of felt compelled to kind of invest my own money in. Um and I guess it's quite true what they say about, you know, businesses coming from personal experience. And this one definitely has. So my son, Jonah, he's now five. Um, but he was diagnosed with cow's milk protein allergy and soy allergy when he was only three months old. So he was picking it up through my breast milk. And um, so, yes, yeah, so that was a bit of a, a bit of an event, start of an adventure, really, for us. Um, we cut out dairy and soy from our diet and started seeing a kind of immediate improvement in his symptoms, which was great. Um, and we haven't gone back to it five years on. Um, essentially, um, that's where it's come from. So when he started getting of, of an age where I was going out looking for products to buy to feed him, so from weaning onwards, I found that whilst there was lots of options for adults in the free from section, in the vegan section, and that's increased over those five years, there's really not been anyone kind of leading the way on kids and family food in that area. And that's where I see an opportunity um, um, for little bandits, and that's where it's come from. Yeah. Um, so when 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 he, when you found the allergy when he was three months, did you stop consuming yourself at a certain point, um, or yeah, was it when he was straight, straight away? Straight away. Straight oh, wow. away. So we got a call. We were in France. I remember it very vividly. So my partner's French, and we'd gone over there to introduce Jonah to his grandparents, um, yeah. and. I remember us going for a walk and we were both in tears and Jonah was in tears because he was so uncomfortable and unhappy. And we got the call from the hospital um, saying he's been diagnosed. He's definitely got cow's milk protein allergy. There's lots of false readings when you test for allergies. Um, yeah. But they said his level was so high, it was very clear that he had he had that allergy and most likely therefore was allergic to soya. So those two allergies go hand in hand quite often. So if you're allergic to dairy, you're 60% chance allergic to soya. And oh, wow. so the recommendation was obviously either stop breastfeeding and you can put him onto formula that's a specialist yeah. formula that's hydrolyzed, hydrolyzed so it's broken down all those proteins yeah. or um, cut it from your diet and carry on breastfeeding yeah. and I definitely chose that option I Breast did want to better. my yeah. breastfeeding journey yeah. um, and so yeah we cut it out of, literally from that day cut out cut it out of our diets and you know I, I'm not gonna lie I was a bit of a I loved cheese when I first you know beforehand um, but you know, it's amazing how quickly you can get used to things when you've got such an incentive as you're making your son better. It's, yeah. it's very compelling. Um, yeah. And I went on to carry on breastfeeding for three years. So, um, and then we've not, I've not gone back to dairy. Joan yeah. is still allergic um, and we just manage and we're very used to it now. Um, but I learned more about the dairy industry and I kind of just decided I personally didn't want to go back to it either. Um, as well as I, I still wanted to share my plate of food with my son because he's been used to only sharing from my plate for so long and that I certainly didn't want that to change. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so your 
pre-launch at the moment, but you've yes. managed to secure listings in a national supermarket. Yeah. That's a great achievement. Can you tell me how you went about uh, achieving that, actually? It's, uh... Yeah, I mean, maybe first I should probably just say what the Little Bandits is. So we're a free-from yeah. band brand for kids and families. Okay. Um, and uh, we are launching with a range of uh, coconut yogurts. So dairy-free, soy-free, actually they're 14 allergen-free. We can come on later to a bit more information about that. But I thought before I talk about the listing, it's important to say what the product is. Um, So, yeah, so basically it's been a long time trying to create this product, um, getting the right product, getting the right taste, the flavour and texture. And it was really important to me to get something that tasted as good for kids who have dairy as for kids that don't or can't have dairy like Jonah. Um, Because... Um, I could see a time, Jonah knows he's different, he's known he's different from very early on, so when we go to birthday parties, he knows he can't have the birthday cake, and he can't often have some of the things that a a birthday party has, and we bring along supplements, so it looks, you know, I always do my planning and make sure we bring along um, similar, similar things that the other kids are eating. So he's always known he's different, and that's fine, but I started to see a time where actually I felt he was going to start feeling excluded. And that's really kind of what's driven this is it's very much about being an inclusive brand. So the branding is about being fun and um, just a child friendly brand. It's not a purpose driven brand in the same way that um, obviously it's been a very purpose driven mission for me. Um, And I think that's really helped actually in getting access to some of the retailers. because what we're seeing, is, you know, and everyone, I'm sure a lot of your viewers will know, we're seeing a big growth in plant-based diets, a big growth in vegan, more flexitarian diets. So whilst this has come from a place of allergies, it's certainly not where I see the brand going. And I want it to be an, an inclusive brand for all, all families. Um, so that definitely helped having some really strong branding behind it and strong messaging around that. Um, essentially, so once I got my brand formulated and the recipes formulated how I wanted. And I did some taste testings and they were really got really good, strong feedback. Mm. I started sending samples out to some of the big supermarkets um, and it's been really positive response. So I basically had very good conversations with three of the top four supermarkets um, before launching. Um, So I think it's been the reason why I think I've succeeded in getting this listing is strong brand, it's hitting the market at the right time. And I think that's important to kind of kind of point out. And it tastes really good, yeah. <laughs> if I do say so myself. So I think it's that combination of things. Um, and the supermarket in question were also keen that they said some of their customers have started requesting this type of product. So, you know, everything just came together at the same time and that's a really positive thing. Um, yeah, and um, a lot of hard work. And thinking about, you mentioned about the taste tests that you've had. Uh, what what are some of the kids uh, that you've uh, that have tried the products and the and the parents saying about the 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 taste of the? Yeah. So I did. I started off doing small tastings, like um, locally, um, and I did blind tasting. So I had my direct competitor alongside, and 100% chose mine. So the kids were saying very clearly that was the flavor, the taste, the taste profile that they were preferring, which is obviously a massive tick for me. Um, the parents like it because it's low sugar, which is a really important one. So the category has on a whole, and I'm talking dairy here, has got such high sugar levels. There was a study done a couple of years ago and they looked at over 101 kids yogurts and only two were low sugar. 
Um, and I think, you know, I think about how I grew up and I was often given yogurt as a dessert um, after dinner. It was a really easy one to give, right? But the sugar must have been really high. Um, yeah. And I think what we're seeing now is parents pushing back on that, the kind of more they understand about the sugar and the implications of that. Yeah. Um, and I think there's room for kind of a bit of disruption in that category of having a low sugar, vegan um, product that tastes really good. And you're using natural sugar instead of processed. Yeah, so it's basically just the, sh the natural sugar from fruit, but it's also coming in at low sugar, so under five grams per hundred grams. Okay. Um, and and compare how many grams would they have uh, with other products which are which are high in sugar? How does it so compare? if you're looking at kind of the kids' dairy counterparts, you're looking at um, ours being about fifty percent, forty, fifty percent less sugar. That's, that's um, yeah which is a lot, which yeah, is a lot. Really and yeah. I, so the taste test was really important to me because it was like, our kids going to like this, right? Because it's not certainly not what they're going to be used to. Um, and I would say the kids that had been used to having fudge yogurt or chocolate, you know, the really, really sweet ones yeah. weren't so keen, to be fair. Um, but the younger children were loving it and they were, you know, they couldn't get enough of it. So I think I would like to see the brand being one that kids grow up with. Um, like I agree, you know, I've got favorite brands from when I was growing up and it's those ones that you kind of want. Um, yeah, I see it as a brand that kids can grow up with. And talking about the, I guess now the ingredients and uh, the vitamins that you're adding in, into the ingredients. Can you talk about that as well? Yeah, sure. So in terms of the ingredients, it's really, I would say it's quite clean. There's kind of five main ingredients. So you've got your coconut um, milk, which is the main, so it's a coconut based yogurt. Um, you've got um, the fruit, so the fruit mix and the fruit, fruit puree that goes with them. Um, we've got starches um, and some natural flavouring and then the vitamins that are going into it. So the vitamins, on the vitamin side, we've got, it's a source of vitamin B12, vitamin D, calcium obviously, and iodine. So we're actually going to be the first to market with um, iodine. Yeah, iodine. that's great. Yeah. And they're basically because those are the kind of key vitamins that children would get if they were having dairy, primarily. Um, and so what's became very clear as I was going through my kind of research with um, communities of parents, but also with the retailers, was that they wanted something that wasn't going to compromise on the nutrition that their children were going to get. Mm. So it had to be as close to dairy in that in that way as possible. Um, and particularly those who are going on a journey around allergies you know, the nutritionist's advice and the dietitian's advice would be get calcium fortified products because it's really important that your children are getting those kind of those kind of vitamins. And vitamin D helps absorption of calcium. So that's also why that's in there. Um, and then iodine is an interesting one um, because, again, it's it's a it's a vitamin that's quite hard to be to be finding if you're cutting out dairy and fish. Um, from your diets um, and there's not that necessarily that many products that are fortified with iodine obviously we have iodized salt and others other things like that but I felt for for this product which is a yogurt it would be good to get as close to nutritionally as possible to the dairy counterparts yeah and we're okay. using natural seaweed for that okay um, yeah now seaweed in in big volumes is dangerous because it has so much iodine so it's a very very small amount in there but it gives us um, a percentage, I think it's, um, check my things, yeah, it's giving us about 15% of your recommended intake. Okay. It would be, be great to um, also see more plant-based milk companies, including yeah. uh, iodine, actually, 
which not all of them do. Um, no. uh, so it's an important one to look out for. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and thinking about the allergen side. So um, here in the UK, obviously, the Food Standard Agency has a list, I think, of about 14 allergies that that, that you need to um, put quite clearly on your labelling now. And they, I think they have some targets also to reach uh, bigger areas from, from next year. But can you talk about the main allergens that you see um, that cause problems for most people? Um, yeah, so from that 14, the list of the 14 that you refer to, they're really common ones are dairy is actually the most common, particularly in children under five. It's, why, it's why a really high prevalence rate. Why do you um, think it's so common? Um, it's interesting. I don't know. And there's, there's definitely mixed feelings because the, the allergy, the rate of allergens is, is increasing of children being allergic and they're not quite sure why. Um, partly it's probably the way that um, food is processed in this country, potentially. Um, in other places, it might be um, stuff that they um, put into to some of the products. So I guess antibiotics in, in, in some countries, I don't think that's that's allowed here. Um, and then envi other environmental factors. So they're not really sure why it's on the... And obviously, we're better at detecting them. That's another another reason why we're getting... The numbers are going up. But it's not entirely clear. Um, I would say... So some of the common ones, as I said, so milk's the most common one. Um, nuts is obviously... You've got tree nuts and peanuts. So two different nut groups that can cause very severe allergies. Mm. Um, eggs, crustaceans, sesame seeds celery these are all kind of ones that are quite common um and of course there are allergies that go outside of that group of 14 but they're less i guess they're less common yeah um, well, and allergies uh, can either be ige or non-ige ige is the severe immediate reaction once you eat something and that's you're more likely to be the anaphylactic type of yeah, allergen yeah. and then the non-ige which jonah has it's a delayed reaction and it's your immune system saying something's not right here and what you'll find with that is um, the reaction can happen anytime within 72 hours of eating something and just last longer, but the symptoms are less severe. Yeah. And then what you'll find is also, so what was important to me in my, when I was looking about why I'm producing it with the coconut, for example, what you'll find and what I was finding when we started this journey was looking on the back of everything. And if it didn't have milk in it, and there were some strange things that have milk in, let me tell you, <laughs> that I didn't know had milk in, um, yeah. was you'd find soya as a replacement because the protein is so similar, but that's also why children are 60% chance allergic to soya if they're allergic to dairy because the protein makeup is so similar. But what, what I was finding at the beginning was everything had soya in it, um, mm. which we couldn't eat. And so very important to me was because they go in hand in hand, developing a product in a range that will always be dairy and soy free um, to make that again, you know, our purpose is all about making life easier for families. Um, and that was certainly a challenge that I had at the beginning. Is there an ability to create an offering to that might be for direct to consumer uh, for your products uh, potentially? Yeah, absolutely. So we've been really um, we found a great partner manufacturer who can yeah achieve us a long shelf life. We're going through our shelf life testing at the moment, but it's looking really good. Um, we're definitely committed to a minimum of 21 days in store, which is longer than most, um, but we think we'll achieve longer. But I can't really give a definitive until I get the kind of shelf life test back. Um, we would still recommend our product be chilled, actually, and not held ambient. But yes, we're hoping that if we can get um, 
28 plus days on it, then we can definitely look at a direct consumer offering. And that's what we're doing at the moment because I'm aware 150 stores nationwide is amazing, but that still doesn't cover the country. And what I know is a real barrier for so many families that need this product mm. is being able to access it. If you're living in yeah. some parts of Scotland or some parts, you know, anywhere in the country, you're not always going to have this supermarket that I'm talking about right on your doorstep. Right. And so 150 stores will only be the big superstores at this stage. Um, so, and I've got a database of 600 people. So I'm like, I'm crazy if people need it and want it. And I can now achieve that through direct to consumer. I'd be crazy mm. not to do it, particularly at this moment in time when most people are online shopping as opposed to going into supermarkets. So, yes, I'm really, really hoping we can do that. And I might well be looking for a partner at some point in that as well um, to, again, ex ex sort of extend that reach. But um, we're exploring it. So it's a work in progress. And thinking about uh, your target audience, and um, it'd be great to know a little bit who you would envision would be the buyers of your product, but also how you plan to build awareness um, of your brand with those with that audience. Yeah, so I guess you know this came from a place of allergies. So they, I see the kind of allergy families as the ones who've got the real immediate need. Um, and so I kind of see them as my early adopters, and I hope that you know I'm pretty confident that they're going to try my product and be the first people to buy it. Um, and they'll be the people that are already on my database. Um, so definitely they're kind of my number one audience, I suppose. But also, as I went, said right at the very beginning, this brand is about being inclusive. And um, it's something that I hope all children will enjoy and all parents will be able to try. Um, so then my audience gets a lot bigger, right? So, but I guess I'm still talking about parents that are aged between sort of 25 and 45 who are interested in becoming more plant-based or reducing their dairy or just have actually an interest in health and low sugar options yeah. so it is quite wide that one um and so marketing will that i'll have to be quite focused in in how i pinpoint some of those some of those target audiences um and i suppose it would be allergy parents first vegan plant-based parents second and then third would be those that are just interested in the health aspect and that's probably the order of my target audiences um and how i intend to target them well um the one good thing i think about launching a product with those first two communities is that i think once people hear about something and they have a good experience with it Word spreads pretty quickly, actually, and there's a lot of groups online um, that I've been part of, you know, that are support groups that have got thousands of members that are always sharing, oh, we found this, it's amazing, try it, here's where you can buy it. So there's that kind of informal, informal mm -hmm. word of mouth that I hope will really kind of catch and take off. And then more specifically, I'll be definitely looking at, particularly at this moment in time, very targeted online marketing. So through Instagram and Facebook, um, because I've heard and seen other founders that have had good success there. And when things hopefully get back to a new normal, we call it a new normal, I, I want to go and do more install sampling for sure, because I think, you know, it's a new product, people need to try it. Um, I get that. That's going to get me a bigger conversion rate and then hopefully get people repeat purchasing because they like the taste. Um, I am looking at more creative ways of how I can do that with the situation we're currently in. And I will potentially be looking for sort of, I guess, brand ambassadors and maybe looking among those kind of um, communities of families and mums that I'm already connected with who like the product, who tried it, who tested it. Because I, I did a very big testing last year 
um, it was a 40,000 footfall show, um, hoping that maybe some of them might want to come on board and kind of look to do those sampling within their communities and um, looking at how we could make that work. Yeah. And that was a allergen show, I think you. That might. was the allergy and free from show alongside the just V show, so a vegan show next to it as well. So right. it was a good cross section of my target audience. Yeah, yeah. And the feedback was was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have a uh, character that you've made called the Bandito, right? Uh, yes, on, that's yes, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Explain the concept behind that character. Yeah, sure. I mean, and if people can go onto my website, I'm, I'm at Hungry Little Bandits, if anyone wants to know. But in yeah. case I don't know who they are, I don't know if you can see yeah, that. Right. But you can see yeah. kind of some band, little little characters. Um, and again, I just, it was basically talking to the agency who were amazing, by the way, they were so good to work with. Um, it was all about capturing the personality of Jonah without having him necessarily front of pack. Um, right. How do I capture the personality of a child, a, a child, uh, you know, between the ages of kind of my age range is three to eight. You know, he's now five, but those kind of characteristics continue. All those feelings of childhood, which are like mischievous, playful, carefree, all the things actually, when you've got confronted with allergies as a parent, you're you're overly anxious <laughs> and protective, and actually, all you want is your children to go to a birthday party and be able to join in and have that fun without worrying about what they're going to eat. And so coming up with a character that kind of embodied that playfulness, um, the mischievous character of any child at that age um, was really important. And that's where the banditos came from. And also Jonah went through a phase, he just wanted to wear masks, like literally <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, literally he'd wear them down to the supermarket, he'd wear them everywhere. And so that, they're all little masks on these banditos and it's kind of a play on that. And that's where it sort of came from. And it was important to us actually that they didn't have a gender, that they are, both boys and girls um and so yeah i can just see this huge group of banditos getting up to mischief and that that's kind of where it came from yeah it's a great idea and it was great because at the show last year when we did it we kept, we gave away loads of bandito masks ah, and so yeah. you had kids running around the show with their bandito masks that's brilliant. That's... it was yeah it was really nice yeah very good um so at the moment um i guess uh you know when when you do launch who do you see will might be your direct com competitors but also where would you place your usps against them yeah so it's really interesting so the yogurt category is obviously massive um the vegan yogurt category is a uh, quite a bit smaller but growing um but actually in the family and kids there really is not that many direct competitors there's one direct competitor a very well-known kind of brand i would say um and in our blind tasting, 100% chose Little Bandits over them. So I see that as a positive that we're getting. And, I, and I, I guess I put that down to, I think we might see yogurt brands moving into kids categories from an adult brand. And this is where this one has come from and whether that's therefore the, the taste has been drawn from an adult flavor thing, whereas mine's been focused directly on trying to appeal to that younger palate. Um, so that might be one reason why why ours is getting received so well. Um, and then the, other than that, really, there's just really the own labels, supermarkets, own labels. Um, and, you know, I can't beat them on price. They're great on price, but they invariably are made with soya or and have added sugar. And so that's definitely was very important to me not to do the sugar, because if I want to appeal to the wider right. audience and actually... 
you know, with Jonah, when I started looking at all the free from stuff, there's quite a lot there of the adults, but actually it's just not healthy. It's not, it's not, it's high in sugar or, you know. Yeah, I guess the supermarkets are looking for an alternative um, to their soya based products, um, which is something that you can offer instead. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, soy is a great ingredient, right? Because it works so well in, in something like an alternative yogurt as a, because the protein is so similar to dairy, as I've said. So of course, why not? And it's cheaper than coconuts, right? So they're, they're doing a great option that's a lot more affordable, I suppose, than my offering. But what they're not being able to offer is um, the soy-free ones and certainly, certainly not um, low sugar. So I think I've got that combination. And I think that's why that and I, and I think also they do recognize that um, brands that have got a story that have a bit of authenticity that people are, you know, more willing to give to give them a try. Um, so, so, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, ours will get received well. So you're fundraising at the moment. And I think right now is actually a good time to look at sort of companies who are investing early at this stage. Um, can you tell me about the sort of investors that you're looking for? Yeah, so I've literally only just started. Um, and, you know, it is a challenging time, you're right. But as you also say, if the one thing I'm really lucky is that the supermarket are still wanting to launch now um, with my product, where I've heard from other founders that their launches have been pushed back. So I see that as a massive positive and a massive kind of mm. um Destiny. I guess reassurance that the supermarket are really keen on, on what I'm trying to push out there. Um, so I'm putting some feelers out. Um, I'm looking for, I'll be honest, the investors who buy into my product and our story for whatever reason. So, you know, I think that's really important, actually, that you have investors that believe in what you're trying to do. Um, and one of the things, maybe we'll come on to it, but my brand isn't just a yogurt brand. I want this brand to be a a broader brand that's offering that's really kind of leading the way in family and kids free from food um so someone who gets that vision and who understands that vision who buys into that vision is really important and that could be because they're coming from a place a personal place where actually they, they believe in plant-based food or actually where their child's um experienced allergies and they think that there should be more choice out there for children um because I think that's what it comes down to. I don't believe that there shouldn't be a choice. Everyone should have choice about when they go to the supermarket, they've got a choice of products that they want to buy. And that's where I come, that's where it's coming from. So I guess people who really believe in that. Um, and then, of course, I'm looking for people, if they've got experience in the sector that they could bring to the table, that's also going to be hugely attractive. I'm a sole founder. I have got um, a brilliant, um, the makings of a brilliant team around me. Um, so someone has come on board who's just been phenomenal and has got lots of experience of launching her own free from brand. So that's been brilliant. Um, and, and a few other people as well. So it's getting people that can really help propel and grow the business for me as well. Um, and that I can learn from and, and get advice from definitely. So it's both people who believe in the brand and people who also can help help me grow the brand. Right. Okay. And you spoke about other sort of product lines. What do you think, what sort of direction could you go into in, in that front? I've got lots of ideas that um, yeah. I'll probably keep a little bit close to my chest yeah. at the moment. But essentially, as I said, this the reason I chose yogurt in the beginning was because the allergy community, unprompted, said very, very loudly, we find it hard to find yogurts for our kids. So it's like, boom, okay, that's clear. That's what you need. Um, 
I certainly would find that useful. I was using adult yogurts and decanting my own fruit in and it, that was lots of waste. Um, mm. So trying to come up with, I guess, for me, products that will make life easier for families. Essentially, that's our purpose. So you'll see lots of snacks and fruit leathers out there, which, of course, Joni can have. And that's amazing. And children with allergies can have. But actually, what about the things that are going to make life easier? So for me, a yogurt after dinner, that's a really practical good option to be to be coming up with that doesn't really exist much at the moment so I think if you think along those lines of like key items that you we kind of take for granted that we might have in or put in a kid's lunchbox that actually when you are trying to be plant-based or you have allergies you can't do so yeah. it's going to be much more along those lines I'm being quite secretive aren't I but yeah, yeah it's fine <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, when, when you're, you know, just, just looking at your background actually before you created this company, what, what sort of career were you in before? So I've been in, um, international development for over 20 years. So working with a lot of the large charitable organizations, people be aware of like ActionAid, VSO, um, and then I was a director, my last charity I was a director of their kind of investment and strategy arm. And I was kind of sitting on the senior management team and, you know, leading team of 30 plus, a global team of 30 plus with, you know, income about, you know, doubled over my tenure. So up to 9 million. And then I did some, um, I set up my own consultancy in that area. So supporting um, development organizations in fundraising partnership strategy Um yeah, so I was doing that really probably until a year ago when I, I couldn't quite juggle both anymore. And I, I really wanted to just focus on trying to get this brand off the ground. Right, right. And so where do you see uh, the company going? Or what's your vision of the company sort of long term? You, you know, ultimately, I want Little Bandits to be the trusted dairy-free brand for kids and families that's kind of would be my ideal and really kind of capture that and lead that area of um, free from and plant-based food for kids essentially so that means being of course in every supermarket and being as accessible as possible um, so I'd also like you know to have come up with items that are on the go because again again when you've got allergies you prepare any journey you go on you have to prepare in case the trains break down or something you've got enough snacks in your pocket because just going to the cafe isn't going to cut it so having things that are more accessible when people are out and about as well as kind of accessible in a supermarket way that you can pick things up and do your weekly shop and know you've got enough there's enough choice out there you've got some good quality products that are aren't really too unhealthy for your kids and yeah so more of the impulse buys do you think uh um yes yeah more on the go more on the go more cupboard staples but I think the key thing for me is about you know is going to be volume and distribution and growth because I think people have to be able to access it and that both that's both in terms of being accessible in terms of price actually so trying to keep things as affordable as I can because I know it's a massive barrier for families that need free from food yeah. um and being accessible in terms of reach so making sure that their local supermarket will be able to have access to some some of Little Bandit's products as well as their cafes when they're out and about so some of the you know possibly some of the chains um that they can they can have those products as well there yes so big ambitions but 
great to have those ambitions actually yeah. so yes yeah, so wish you all the best uh thank, thank you. you very much uh for this uh coming on the show and um yeah if you if you want to learn more uh, about other companies please do subscribe and comment and uh yeah thank thank you very much jessica thanks anna and i really enjoyed it all right take care bye bye, bye.